Welcome to the Golf Betting System Podcast 69. This is our 2019 Masters Tip Show. This podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. I'm Steve Bamford, PGA Tour Preview at Golf Betting System, and with me we have European Tour expert Paul Williams and resident podcast pundit Barry O'Hanrahan. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Afternoon, guys. Good afternoon, guys. Hello, listeners. It's not often we get together in the afternoon. So in that last few times, we have been, haven't we? Although you are in Dubai, Barry, so it was your evening, but anyway, we won't go down that route. Yeah, but the clocks have changed now, and it's bright until half eight, and Masters is coming, and the whole world is great. Yeah, it's great. The best, joint best week of the year. Golfbettingsystem.co.uk is our website. Naturally, we're available on social media. You can join our Golf Betting System Facebook group. Link is available in the description box. There is going to be so much chatter in there this week, and there already has been. You can follow us on Twitter at Bamford Golf. That's me. Paul is at Golf Betting, and Barry is at A Good Talk Golf. Look out for the Bo- uh, Golf Betting System YouTube channel where I present the Golf Betting Show every week. I've already recorded that for the Masters. That's out there in the ether. This podcast is available on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, Audio Boom, and a myriad of different pod channels. You can also listen via our Golf Betting System YouTube channel. Naturally, subscribe. Please subscribe, new listeners, and follow the podcast. Please take time to review, t- uh, to rate and review us on iTunes, and naturally, I will read them out at the start of next week's show. Now, we said last week, if you leave us a review, I will read them out for this busy Masters pod. And we have two. First one, outstanding golf pod, exclamation mark, five stars. My starting point for handicapping golf tournaments for one and done and DFS selections. The guys provide a comprehensive review of the course and the tournament and then dive into KPIs that hopefully lead you in uh, lead you in the same, same directions. Overall, the guys provide quality information all golf bettors can use to their advantage. That is from Addy Mien in the United States of America. So thank you for that one. Very nice. Thank you. Love it. Secondly, this uh, this is from Steve-O, the golf guy. Now, he's interesting because Steve-O's in Dublin, Barry. Now, he could be one of your neighbours. But I, I will read this and uh, we'll have a little chuckle. Absolutely superb exclamation mark, five, five stars. I've been listening to Steve Paul and the Jet Setter Barry for well over a year. And boys, you are an integral part of my week. The level of detail and deep analysis on both tours, along with a general knowledge of players, courses, grass and all formats of golf, over the last decade is without doubt second to none. I have, I have of course, profited greatly from taking large pockets of information from all of you Historical data and punted away happily. I do personally wish there were uh, there was a little time at the end of each podcast for some first round leader suggestions, as I believe that that's a market in big events that gets the excitement going for first day. But overall, this podcast is first class. If there was a podcast awards, you guys would be up for the Golden Globe. Keep up the good work, gents. Ah, if you are ever oh, ego Barry, if you are ever over in Dublin. I'll happily shout you a few beers. Also, just on a side note, I can't be the only one that thinks Steve sounds incredibly like Boise from Only Fools and Horses. (laughs) (laughs) Enjoy the Masters, Steve-O from Dublin. 
So you, you're a cross between Boise and Michael Caine. The, the uh, comment was the other Caine from the states the other day. Oh, nice. I mean, look, if there were awards for reviews, that is banging up there and getting the the statuette. That's awesome. Thank you very much. Now there is a golf guy on Twitter, so. I reckon that might be the same gentleman, Barry. So you might be able to get together for a, a couple of um, beverages in Dublin one evening and talk. You never golf. know, yeah. That'd be good, yeah exactly. It? I'd be well up for that. You never know. We might actually get out over to an, an Irish Open at some point in our lives, Steve. And uh, well, if they ever have it in a location that's within thirty-eight hours of Dublin, we might. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you can get down the west very quickly. We'll we should go to the Hinch. We'll, we'll work on the Hinch. We'll I'll, I'll, try, I'll try. I'll try. Yeah, I'll try. Uh, swear you guys on it. Right. Thank you for those two reviews. They were absolutely fantastic. Now, we asked for questions in the last podcast, just to for new listeners. Uh, podcast sixty eight. We recorded that middle of last week. That was our pre picks preview. There's also um, a Masters preview that goes back to episode sixty, where we go into a hell of a lot of detail around the courses and around trends and uh, things that might uncover the winner this week. So episode 60, episode 68, if you want some more podcast content from the golf betting system lads. But we've got a few questions here that we have been uh, provided on Twitter or our Facebook group. So I'm going to go through them. Uh, The first one is from Mike Merzingis on Twitter. And this one's for Barry. If you were picking on DraftKings, Barry, for the Masters, who would you choose between Brooks Kepka and Jason Day? So this is this is kind of a got my uh, got me excited again because I wasn't able to do DraftKings over in the UAE. I just kind of steered back from it and and golf betting as well because I wasn't able to watch an awful lot of it. So mm. now I've got a few my betting kind of done and some fantasy teams are starting to form my head. I am dead set on, on uh, DraftKings this week. Um, if I was going to pick between Kepka and Day, uh, personally for my teams, I wouldn't pick either. They're both uh, a bit flaky at the moment. Kepka having lost £25 and Jason Day with his um, back that seems to be made of matchsticks. Uh, I don't know. Um, it's a total... Look, I, I, if price being no object, I would pick Kepka over Day. Uh, Brooks's record in Augusta is... Uh, it's quite a nice line he's got going. What is it I saw there? Yeah, it's uh, progressive, isn't it? 33, 21, it, 11, I think he's done. So. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the 21, 11, uh, 1 is a nice, uh, <laughs> a nice look, you know. He did miss last year due to injury, I think it was. Um, but the, his last three tournaments have been a bit ropey. So whether he's just kind of priming himself and trying to just get ready for, you know, to unleash his game in Augusta, can he time it? Who knows? Jason Day, ugh, the guy. Uh, I just know he drives people. From a from a punting and fantasy perspective, he drives me nuts because one week you think, all right, here we go, he's on, he's you know, he's had a good run in, here we go, and bang, he withdraws after four holes. Mm. Yeah. So um, there's no doubt, there's no doubt. If he is fit, he is as gritty as they come, and he really knows how to battle it out. Um, Price, yeah, there's $400 between them in the price tag. I think it's 9.5 versus 9.1. Um, if you can squeeze Brooks Kepkin, he'd be my pick between the two. It's an interesting one, isn't it? Because a lot of people, and I'd class myself in the same bracket, be put off by sticking uh, Jason Day in any 
DraftKings team because, as you said, he withdraws. He absolutely torpedoes your team, doesn't he? Um, yeah. But then does he end up being um, lightly owned as a result of that um, with people sway- swaying away from him? He's um, a pivot, isn't he? Yeah, exactly. And then has a good has a good week. You know, he potentially wins it or top fives, and it could be the difference between uh, you, you banking a, a big haul of dollars or, or not. But yeah, I'm with you, Barry. I think if I was going to be picking between the two, I think I'd be going Kepka. Uh, neither in particularly great form, are they? So it's, um, it's no. I'd, I'd be more inclined to look a little bit below um, Jason Day there. I mean, Jordan Spieth showed enough good signs last week, barring that crazy nine holes he had mm. uh, to 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 make him at least worth consideration this week. And maybe that crazy nine holes might prevent him being super high owned yeah. Um, but yeah. then again it is speed than Augusta so you just don't know no um, you don't no. I mean you could have yeah. a lot of just new players oh Jordan Spieth's good at Augusta I'll have him in the team yeah mm. yeah yeah I mean like even dropping down another few hundred you've got Molinari and Xander there as well who are quite attractive at that kind of mid eights price range so listen let's not do the entire DraftKings thing we'll move on to the next yeah. mm. question I hope we gave um, Mike his, uh, the answer he needs Brilliant. Thank you, Baron. Right, this is from Hans Geevers, and this was on the Golf Betting System Facebook group. If you do want to join the group, there is a link in the description box of the podcast. We're coming up to 5,000 members, getting very close. Right, this is for Paul. Any DraftKings value, lower-priced players with chance to top 20? Yeah, I think there is. I, I, we've got the, um, we're going to do a dedicated DraftKings show, so perhaps we'll, we'll go into um, all of this a little bit um, in more depth when we cover uh, cover that on the DK show. But yeah, I mean, the, the one who caught my eye at $7,000 is Charles Held III. Yeah, um, all over. Simply because yeah, of his consistency. I mean, he obviously won the RSM, didn't he? And, um, you know, a lot of people refuse to back him, um, and again, me included, because you know the amount of times the guy gets into position and finishes T eight, T nine, T twelve, somewhere that just doesn't pay you out. But from a DraftKings perspective, it's it's, it's a different game. I mean, he's had what eight top thirty five finishes in his last um, in his last eight starts, five of them top fifteen. And if you're looking for a player who's going to be relatively cheap, seven thousand dollars. Um, who could potentially finish in the top fifteen? I think he was what was he eighteenth or something last time he finished here. And again, I think he's you know he's, he's got two or three um, decent efforts here over the years. He hasn't played for quite some time, but um, he's that kind of player who can plod along, finish in that kind of tenth, twelfth, fifteenth position, and actually uh, get you a decent haul of points. He's also then, an Augusta resident or local, isn't he? I yeah, think he lives. In, he lives. He's got he's got houses in uh, in Augusta and also in Florida, but. Yeah, he must know the course very, very well. Do you have any yeah. any any value in a first round leader bet? You reckon with how? Potentially, yeah. I mean, I'll be pulling together my alternatives and first round leader um, content. I, it'll either be late tomorrow. I had a look at it. Actually, it went out early on Wednesday last year, which was probably due to the fact that the tea times didn't come out until horrifically late over here on the Tuesday night. So it may well be early on Wednesday morning. But yeah, Hal Third, he's the kind of player who often does pop up first round leader. Um, Charlie Hoffman's been backed off the boards, as you'd expect, first round leader. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And every man you, you dogs know, on him, so I think he's, he's like, and he'll and he'll come fifth or sixth. <laughs> you know, he know he's not going to lead. 
Well, he's quite capable of doing it. That's the thing. I mean, he's hundred to one outright, and I've, I've seen him as short as thirty-three to one to be first-round leader. So that, that surely, Jordan, surely Jordan, surely Jordan, Speed's got to be ver- worth a first-round oh, leader punt because you, ju- yeah. you just know yeah. he, he starts quick. Yeah, he's got an incredible record, hasn't he? In terms of uh, twenty-two terms of to first-round leader. Yeah, and uh, I think yeah. we touched on it in it's one mad. of the other um, one of the other pods we did last week or the week before. Um, you know very quickly with Jordan whether he's going to contend or not, because if he gets out of the blocks quickly, then he's all in all likelihood he's going to going to be there um, for the duration. If he starts poorly this week, then um, you probably won't see him for the rest of the week. So, um, another name. Speaking just... of Charlie Hoffman, come back. Sorry, yeah, just lost you there for a sec. But like, just speaking of Hoffman, he's great value mm. in DraftKings six thousand eight hundred. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's some, there's some crackers. I mean, um, Kevin Kisner. I mean, a lot of these prices came out before, you know, they've been up for a couple of weeks because of the millionaire maker that's out there. So Kisner's mm. 6,700. And clearly, you know, after winning the, the WGC, the match play, um, he would have been priced far, far higher than that had that have happened after after the pricing had come out. But um, he's like 70 to 1 outright, but 6,700, which would kind of put him in the 150 to 1 kind of bracket if you were doing a correlation between odds and... Um, on DK prices, so but yeah, there's, we, uh, there's a few. We know that we know that wins in play this week at Masters, and mm. uh, Charlie Hoffman on our predictor model sits fifth in the field over the last five years for performances in windy conditions. Yeah, he's good in the wind, yeah. Charles Howe eighth. Yeah, he's good in the wind. He likes classical track, doesn't he, Charlie? Mm. And you can see there's there's a there's really good fit. I mean, as to whether you'd back him outright to see him. You know, potentially come tops, well, top ten. And you know, we've been talking about the each way places in the second that are available because there are a lot. Um, you know, it's not out of the realms of possibility, but he's more likely to pop up first round leader, and he's probably more likely to be a better value play for for DraftKings, I thought. But um, you know, he's in decent nick. Strange right. things have happened. Question from Jim Rogers on the Golf Benches and Facebook group. I'll throw this to all of us. What's your favourite Masters moment for me? Still nothing to surpass Sandy Lyle's shot from the fairway bunker on 18 on his way to victory. Barry. Oh, God. I was a little bit young for that to be a, a memory. Mm. I, I'm glad to say. <laughs> I can remember it, but yes. I'm a bit older. God, that's a brutal. Do you know actually it, the one um, I actually really enjoyed it only a couple of years ago, where um, it was Arnie, Jack, and Gary Player all teed off. That's right. Together. Mm. That was, a, that was a good. Moment. I know. I know it's not an in-tournament moment, but it's part of Masters, and you know, there's. I think there's a little bit more to the Masters than just the actual tournament itself. There's a. Wasn't there it's one a, where it's an event? Wasn't there it's one an event, where, I guess. Where Jack also made a hole in one in the par three comp a couple of years ago. I think that was the same year, wasn't it? Mm. it was yeah, yeah. That, that was that was a really nice moment. I mean, look, I don't know where where do you start? Pro- probably the one that sticks out the most for me is uh, Tiger's chip in on sixteen. Yep. It's just it's just so iconic and um, one that's just. I was, you know, young enough for it to be a big influence and and just very memorable and and I guess thankfully because it's been such a great moment, it's stuck around for all these years. Um, I think forever it'll be synonymous with Augusta for me. Yeah, I, I, when I did the, um, we published the initial preview that you wrote, Steve, for um, for Augusta a few weeks back, and I put a video in. And my my initial 
oh, my knee-jerk reaction was to put that video in. That 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 for me is what epitomises um, epitomises the Masters. I guess it's kind of a generational thing, as you know, Jim clearly remembers the uh, the Sandy Lyle um, moment far clearer. Um, but I've seen it back here, yeah, an incredible shot um, in the context of that uh, particular event. And for me, um, from a betting perspective, Patrick Reed last last year winning was the best result I've had. Um, so that was quite nice, but that's clearly not the. Uh, not the, well, it's not, Patrick Reed. <laughs> yeah, it's not clearly not the, uh, the the biggest biggest moment. I tell you what, I, I was on Angel Cabrera back in 2013, and the shot he played oh. into the 18th when he needed birdie. Yeah, um, that was an incredible shot. And had he gone on to win that, that would have been you know an incredibly pivotal shot um, in the context of that tournament. But sadly, that wasn't going to happen because uh, Adam Scott I, I too- found his uh, found his putting boost in his skying. I was on Ankel Cabrera too, watching that in a bar in Manhattan and happened to be beside two Aussie guys. Uh, myself and my friend were there. Mm. And uh, so I doubled down and backed uh, Cabrera against Scott, against the Aussies. And uh, so that really stung twice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not good. And Bubba's Bubba, yeah, Bubba yeah. banana shot when he won, uh, won, the, won yeah. the, uh, which one was that? 2012, wasn't it? When he beat, yeah, 2012. Um, uh, when he beat That's uh, the one I was going to say. Yeah, you pinched that from me. Sorry, Steve. Twenty twelve. That was that was that was unbelievable shot. It that that I think that was my favourite moment. The other moment I really remember, although you can't classify it, Jim, as um, a favourite moment, was the collapse of Jordan Spieth in twenty sixteen on the par three. That, it was that was just madness. It, he know, was he was cantering, wasn't he? Yeah, Absolutely I mean, pain, painful viewing from a from a neutral perspective. You know, fascinating viewing. If you if you'd backed him, which I hadn't, you'd have been absolutely distraught, wouldn't you? Was he nine to one or something that year? And like half the world and his wife were on him. Yeah, he, he was leading I mean, by was it five or six? I think, just can. I think it was five. Yeah, it was five ahead at the turn, wasn't he? Something like that. And, um, and then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, he's hit it in the water. <laughs> you think well, that's bad, and then he does it again. Wow! Just while we're on that, the hat tip to the if anyone hasn't listened to it, the No Laying Up podcast. They did an interview with Spieth there recently, and an absolutely brilliant listen, really fascinating. And Spieth goes into uh, it pretty deep into uh, that week and the collapse itself. So mm. re- really great listen. Um, yeah, also, I, the Elkin yeah. the Elkington one they did recently was highly entertaining. Yeah, that that is a good podcast to listen to. Um, right, Barry. This is from Richard Walsh on Twitter. Is Barry going to be on Woodland because he actually thinks Gary can win, or is he just an auto bet out of fear at this stage? <laughs> I do agree with him that it's a year to have two or three picks at shortish odds rather than six or seven picks. From Richard, what do you think? Yeah, well, is it is it pure uh, fear now? Or are you just a genuine truther, or do you think he can actually win? I mean, at this, let's let's verbalise what I answered to Richard on Twitter. Um, try to get some emotion behind it. Uh, he's, I've backed Woodland um, for all of those reasons and probably a whole lot more. Um, it could be to do uh, save myself from emotional trauma if he does go on and do well. It's also because I think he he has a game that should do quite well at Augusta. You know, mm. he's uh, he's got all the skills, length, you know, reasonable uh, 
you know, reasonable all-round game and has shown that he can get himself up there. It's whether he can get over the line or not. So that's um, it is it's probably an emotionally uh, protective bet that I've put on, if I'm being completely realistic. Though he does get quite close on the uh, the stats that we were talking about on the last show. Uh, he nearly makes it into all the categories that we're, uh, we've identified are important or we think are important for performing at Augusta. So there's a little column A, a little column B, and then most of the rest of the alphabet are the reasons why I've backed Carrie Woodland. <laughs> um, yeah, and I just, I don't know, I like his style as well. So there's, uh, yeah. Um that's yeah i can't really say much more about it than that uh if he if he wins amazing i would be surprised if he wins uh that's why i have taken him 10 places with one of the bookmakers yep N- neil fay on twitter next question this is for paul xander shuffley seems to prime himself for the majors first appearance at augusta last year and he made the cut do you think he has the game to be involved this year yes I'll, I'll go. I'll go. In, I'll go into more detail when we get to that point. But um, uh, Xander's one of the players that I've backed. I do think he's got a very strong chance this year. Um, so yes, we'll go into that a little bit later on. Ken Banks on the Facebook group. This is just a yes or no. Is it unrealistic to think Freddie Boom Boom Couples is a decent first round leader bet at a boosted two hundred and seventy five to one on a course he thrives? No. Phrasing that question has me confused. I mean, am I supposed to say yay or nay if I think? He... Well, I'm I'm saying no. Is it is he well, is he good value? It's not unrealistic. So that's a positive no. answer. Yeah, anyone yeah, yeah, can yeah, yeah, I was I was looking the other day at one of these windy uh, masters, and uh, right up until the third round, uh, Bernard Langer was in the top four. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So when the conditions go very tricky and it isn't a straightforward test, course knowledge. Uh, and a little bit of patience uh, come into play. Old timers can get in the mix for mm. you know for parts of the tournament. So I think couples could get involved. Yeah. Well, put, put it. The, I knowing um, Ken Banks and the volume of free bets he seems to get through the Facebook group. Uh, it would be foolish not to launch one of them at two seventy five to one if you can get it that way. Mm. That's a very good shout, Barry. That's a very you know, it's a yeah. super free roll. <laughs> I think if, if Couples is going to um, appear at any point on the leaderboard this week, it will be on Thursday. Um, and he has done that a number of times in the past. And mm-hmm. actually, he's not been playing that badly on the seniors, is he? Uh, the, the worry with Couples always is, you know, is he going to be fit enough? Is his back going to hold out? But um, he's been churning out top 20s on the seniors over the last few weeks. So he must be in reasonable enough health to... Um, to suggest that if he gets a decent start, he might be all right. Who knows? This is from Fergal Kelly on the Golf Betting System Facebook group. Do you think it's still possible for a shorter hitter to win around Augusta? A la Francesco Molinari. Is he that short anymore? He's a different gravy now as well, isn't he? Yeah, I think he's probably just got to long enough status in my mind. What's the stat you've got to stay to? You've got to be averaging 288 or above? He's, he's, he's going to be in that Yeah, bracket, 288. His, uh, his, um, 
Wikipedia profile isn't going to help me. Right. I'm getting, <laughs> I'm getting onto the PGA Tour. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I, the hardest choice I had this uh, today was my kind of midpoint player. And logically, I've been wanting to put Cujo in for a long time. But realistically, he just hasn't got the mumbo to win it, in my opinion. You know, ever since 2007, which was a long time ago, don't forget they've also added another 40 yards to the course this year. Yeah, It just doesn't feel that a shorter hitter can win. Um Molinari is 290, so 128. So I would suggest that's just about scraping being competitive. Mm. He has added some distance. Yeah. I, I think he's beefed it up, yeah. I, I'm not sure there's a I'm not sure there's a definitive answer to his question there because I think in a in a renewal where it's dry um potentially dry and windy and it puts more emphasis on players with some um, precision and ball strikers, then I, I, I'd have thought a, a shorter hitter in those kind of conditions would be able to flourish. In a softer renewal, um, it's a long track anyway, isn't it? And we know by the way it's set up, yep. it plays even longer than mm. it's uh, than it actually is. Um, in a long renewal, in a, a, a softer renewal, I think the shorter hitters will struggle to score on the true scoring holes, which is often where the pivotal Scoring actually comes in for the for the event. So the par the par fives on the back nine, yeah. the thirteenth and the fifteenth. If you haven't got the power to really be attacking those two and giving yourself yeah you know, a very strong birdie chance, if not an outside eagle chance, it, you know pretty much every time you tee it up and uh, you know and, and you play those two holes, then I think you're losing ground to the rest of the field. Personally, Danny Willett. Um, when he won this in 16, when it was windy, but don't forget, it was also cold. It was kind of 15, 16 degrees. It was very un-USA-like, um, and the ball wasn't travelling. He won at 292, but I think a lot of a lot of the field couldn't get close to some of the holes because it was just so cold and windy. Yeah. Um, and it became a real... Um, grind fest. He won at six, uh, five under. Don't forget, Spieth was cantering along at sort of double nine, ten under, and then he just yeah. collapsed. Um, I don't see it with the weather forecast being at that level of scoring. The weather isn't great, but the weather is warm. So it's windy, but it's warm. So I think the ball will travel. In my mind... Uh, Garcia won at nine under. Reed won at fifteen under last year. I think it's going to be somewhere in between. I reckon t- eleven to thirteen under wins it because mm. I, th- I think the temperature. I mean, it's twenty eight degrees across two of the th- four days, and the other two days are twenty five degrees. So it's good. The ball will travel, yeah. even mm-hmm. though there's going to be wind. And some of the wind, as you pointed out to me this morning, Paul, if we're going to have southwesterly wind, that's actually going to be helping on thirteen and fifteen. So yeah, for me, I still think about thirteen underwinds this year. But I, I I agree with you on a course that's likely to be very soft on Thursday and Friday. It's it's been raining. Uh, it rained on Friday. It rained uh, on Sunday yesterday. It's going to rain today if it isn't already. 
Uh, that course, and it's also due to rain tomorrow, that course is going to be soft Thursday and Friday. Mm. And yeah. even though they've got probably the strongest uh, sub-air machines in the world on under the greens, those greens will be receptive. It's yeah. going to be about 10 to 15 miles an hour the wind on Thursday, which isn't too bad. It'll just take the edge off the scoring, but nothing crazy. It picks up to about gusting 20 on the Friday. Sunday, well... That could be anything. There's thunder in the. There's a front passing through. There's there's sixty five percent of fun thunder chance, uh, and winds gusting up to thirty miles an hour. And that was a day that yeah, that was a day that was coming from the southwest. And I think when we looked at it, that um, the thirteenth and the fifteenth were the southwesterly will play. Um, the second shot from the thirteenth will play into the wind, and the the whole of the fifteenth will play into the wind. So um, players are going to struggle to get home in two, even though the, both of those holes are relatively short. Oh, okay, I misunderstood. So they're actually into the wind. Yeah, as, as, as I as I read it, yeah, it's worthy like, of note. So, worthy um, of note. but then you know it's, it's swapping around, and there's different um, there's different conditions from day to day, isn't there? Sunday is that day where it's coming in from that angle, and it's far stronger than it had been um, certainly for the Saturday, which looks pretty yeah. benign, doesn't it? Don't so forget, 13's only five, ten yards as well. Yeah, I mean, guys, it, hang, it, hang on, hang on, hang on. We got to hold on. Hitting a hitting a okay, hitting an approach shot into a wind that's not too strong is not something that's going to scare these guys, and it will actually help them stop uh, longer approach shots quicker mm. on those greens. Like I would much prefer to be hitting an approach shot to fifteen into the wind than downwind. Yeah, because you can go sh- shooting over the back of that green, yeah, no problem. Or the ball, or the, or the ball can get knocked down. Uh, if you're playing 15 downwind, you can get knocked down and end up short. Mm. So, um, yeah, I think I think uh, approach shots, it, you know, hitting those 200 yard approach shots, 210 or whatever yard approach shots into those into a little draft. I think the guys love that. Yeah, I mean, what it will create, and if it is as strong as um, those early forecasts suggest, which is kind of 25 to 30 miles an hour, then some of the holes that are going to have crosswinds are going to be particularly tough. Um, mm-hmm. The 9th and the 10th, I think, are going to be uh, going to be tricky holes to play if that does all pan out. But, you know, we're sitting here on Monday evening and we're talking about something that's nearly a week away. So it could be completely different by that point. But certainly it does look like that's uh, it's, it's going to be a more challenging day on Sunday that would bring a bit of drama into it particularly if we've had a proper moving day that was benign and um, you know some scores have been made and uh, and then players have got to hang on for, for dear life on Sunday that should make for some fascinating viewing and should squeeze the leaderboard together as well absolutely. hopefully yeah, absolutely particularly if the, the, Not- the worse of the weather comes towards the back end of the day then uh, it may, that could be very strong yeah, not great for the nerves if you have bets on those guys up there. Uh, no, certainly make it all the more the other uh, thing enjoyable. Is if, it, if it really does turn to SHIT and you've got thunderstorms delaying play for four or five hours and the wind's too strong, blah, blah, it might even be a Monday finish. But I don't. Oh, don't be, say that. I don't want to be doom and gloom merchant. Cause, no, because no, that no. then stops us getting excited about Siwoo Kim next week for the uh, <laughs> RBC Heritage. Which are, I'm, are we I'm sure we'll be backing him at 16 to 1 next week, Barry. Are are we all praying that Siwoo Kim's Siwoo Kim shoots eighty eighty four this week and his price drops out a little bit? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Don't talk about yesterday. Yeah. That was another bad day at the office. Okay. There were lots and lots of questions that you guys provided for us. Thank you very much for every every one of them. 
We will get back. We couldn't. We couldn't go through them all clearly. Um, we will get back to you um, uh, by the method in which you contacted us. So on the Facebook group or via Twitter, we will get back to you with some calm kind of answer over the next. 12, 18 hours, something like that. So bear with us, please. But thank you for all the questions that you did ask. I think we'll do something very similar for the PGA Championship next month, mm. which are playing yeah, well, very nicely. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. 2019 Masters. Where should we start? We've done the course. We've done the kind of trends. I suppose we're into the picks, really, aren't we now? So... Um, just from a betting perspective, just to highlight to listeners, this is for more our listenership over here in the UK and Ireland, who make up about I don't know sixty five seventy percent of listeners. Um, we have got some superb deals on offer um, from bookmakers this week. Um, if you're fancying ten places each way, uh, which is clearly a play that will be popular to many, uh, we have Coral going ten places each way. We also have Paddy Power going 10 places each way. And we also have Betfair Sportsbook going 10 places each way. I've n- Last year, Coral went 10 and they were the only bookmaker. Yeah. That was the first bookmaker to ever do that. So they have now been matched by Betfair and Paddy Power. Uh, we do have new customer offers which are uh, better than standard available at Golf Betting Systems. So get yourself along to the website. Um, there are also other promotions available. Um, Treble H Sport have got an interesting offer where if you open up a new account, they are doing a bet 10, get 30, plus an additional £10 golf free bet available. So uh, uh, that's a deal that's stronger than their their standard uh, account opening offer with Treble H Sport. All of the offers for the Masters are available on our website, Golf Betting System. I will put a link through to the website in the podcast description. I've also detailed many of them in this week's preview. Um, Any other um, things of note, Paul, from a bookmaker perspective that I've missed so far? Well, not really. I Just to say that if you're getting 10 places each way in a field of 87 players, and those 87, realistically, you could chop that down to probably 60 and blindfolded, um, then you get, you know, it's an incredible proposition from the bookies, it's got to be said. And the prices with the, the guys who've gone 10 each way, naturally they're going to be different to some of the uh, some of the bookies who have been more rigid with their five or six places. But um, the Bet365 position, which is eight each way, and um, some decent prices as well, is probably a good halfway house. But do shop about, have a, have a proper look at the different options you've got before placing your bets, because there's a multitude of different angles or ways you can play it this week, So, um, which is always nice to have from a punting perspective. Good to have the uh, options available to us. I think... Um... Bet three six five are offering a decent bit uh, kind of position, aren't they? They're eight places mm. each way, fifty odds, and they've got some very attractive odds on offer. So um, that's another bookmaker to consider this week. But there aren't many bookmakers that actually haven't extended their um, offering this week, which is clearly very. No, positive. I think they've, they've got to to try and keep up the uh, keep up the, the competition. So uh, it's, it's a good position to uh, to be in from a punting perspective. I think. Um, Rory McIlroy apparently has gone to 66-1 to 1 on Paddy Power 10 place each way. So if you're going to jump on board, I'd get on board very quickly. 
<laughs> Either that or the odds, uh, the odds uh, facility I'm looking at has gone slightly wonky. Yeah, I Tiger Woods is also sixty-sixes with Bet Paddy Power apparently. The favourite mm. right now is John Rahm. The uh, <laughs> the top of the market has completely disappeared. This is a no. no Rory is not sixty-sixes. <laughs> I'm no, just I'm on Paddy sure, Power right sure now. It's a mistake, but uh, that is what is showing on this odds comparison website right now. Right. Knowing that, um, knowing that uh, Rory McIlroy and Dustin Johnson head the market at uh, six stroke seven to one and ten to one, where are you two boys at in terms of the big two this week? Personally, um, I would take Rory over DJ um, every day of the week for this. I think this is his best opportunity to win the Masters um, that he's had so far. Yeah, yeah. Personal Grand Slam is since a fantastic form himself huge win at the players which will give him a, a real boost of confidence um, very consistent record coming into here even though he's had some opportunities that he hasn't converted and perhaps just the fact that he has overcome that with his players win recently um, combined with the fact that he's coming to a course it's going to set up nicely for him as well isn't it you know if it is going to be soft for the first few days and it just seems like everything's um, aligning for him, in my view. His record, I agree. Here, his record here is phenomenal, isn't it? Twenty fourteen mm. eighth. I mean, that this is without the year when he, you know, collapsed when he was in the league. Eighth in twenty fourteen, fourth in twenty fifteen, tenth in twenty sixteen, twenty seventeen. He was seventh, and last year he was fifth. He actually went out in the final group with Patrick Reed, didn't he? And he was playing nothing like the golf he was he's playing right now. Last year, yes, he won at Bay Hill. Yeah, you can say that. But when he won at Bay Hill, he could barely hit a green. It was all scrambling and short game and putting that won him that tournament. Yeah, his actual bread and butter, the driver and the long approaches, they were way out of kilter. Mm. This year, he's gone back to exactly the game that is Rory at his very best. Very long hitting. Fairly accurate as well, and some fantastic consistency with the approach shots. And the putting's good enough. The, the scrambling's always been good enough with Rory. I think it's his best chance. So I've got, I backed him seven, uh, four points to win this week. Uh, what was it, Paul? 13 to 2. Oh, 15 to 2. So yeah, 15 got, to 2. Enhanced, enhanced win only with, uh, with Bet Fred earlier on today. So. Yeah. Um, when you look at these guys at the top of the market, I always try and pick a hole in them. And by God, I can pick holes in players. And I could not find a chink in the armour. Statistically, the way he's playing, anything at all. Even the way that he's won his majors in the past prompts me to back him this week. Because mm. if you actually look at his wins, the four that he's had, they've all been off the back of some momentum. They've all been off a performance at the previous stroke play tournament where he's hit plenty of greens and his total driving number's been very, very strong. And he's in exactly the same spot again. And as you said, that win at the players can only do one, two things. It can only boost his confidence and it can only boost the caddies' confidence in yeah. terms of the fact that they were getting a lot of uh, stick, the fact that A, they couldn't close and B, the relationship wasn't strong enough to actually get them over the finishing line. So that, okay, was, yeah. poo that was poo-pooed as well. I get the feeling that one of these years, and it could well be this year, he'll get himself into such a, an incredibly strong position after three rounds that he can just saunter over the line, I think. Mm. Um, and you know, the way it sets up this year, the way he's playing, um, I think it's. Um, I think that could well be the year. I know the price is skinny. Um, we were talking about it last week when we did the pre 
preview, um, but it's probably representative of his true chance of winning. Didn't you guys say you 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 were praying for ten to one? Twelves? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, fourteens? Yeah. yeah, it's not going to happen. It's, I don't know. I think it, I saw a couple of firms this morning go from sixes to sevens, and that was it. Oh wow, God, just, how just brilliant! What to do? Yeah. Uh, look, okay, my thoughts are. I think again, like, I agree with you guys. I think it's his, probably his best chance ever. Um, he's got that maturity about his game, blah, 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 blah. The thing that's kind of worrying me on a price side of things is we're getting, like, Rory's at a price that kind of t- almost like Tiger Woods is at when Tiger Woods was in his pomp, and Tiger is the greatest golfer of our lifetime, and Rory's not, but the bookies have Rory at almost that level. Hmm. And that's and he, he's a clear favorite as well. I wonder how, he is, how he's going to deal with that. Yes, he has. I did have. I thought that this would come up. I actually looked at some previous years earlier, and he has been over the last couple of years as short as six to one to win this. So the expectation's been there. It's, mm. you know, it's, it's clearly so been there. Th- that's this seven to one isn't unheard of, and it's actually slightly longer than it has been in previous years when he probably hasn't been playing as well. Mm. But yes, I think it's. It's it is the price, isn't it? You can't really argue either either way. I think it is the genuine price. Yeah. 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 You you look at you look at his record here compared to anyone via apart from Jordan Spieth, and those two are by far the best consistent players around Augusta in recent times. It may well be a case that the only person to beat Rory this week, if he doesn't win, will be Rory himself. And he, if he can manage that, he can manage his own expectations. He can manage the fact that it's a personal grand slam, um, and he can just play his game. Then um, I think he's going to be extremely hard to beat. Do Do you think Rory would happily have any of the other majors in lieu of the Masters as his final one to win to complete a grand slam? It's nice. Like if he had to win an Open to complete his Grand Slam, would it be a little bit easier because it's not the first major of the year? It's not a, I don't know. Just wondering, throwing it out there. I don't know. I, you know, I guess if you if you need to have kind of got your game into a, a kind of shape over the course of the year to 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 be confident and comfortable that you're playing well enough to win um, a major, then potentially. But I think he's proven that with his. Win in a you know what it was a truly world class field at uh, at Sawgrass. Um, no, that, that is, he's, he's, he's got his life in in the scenario he wants, isn't he? Everything in the in the home life's great. He's got a, you know he's settled in Florida. He now focuses solely on the PGA Tour. He, he's got every you know he's got a caddy he's comfortable with. He's just happy in his own skin, isn't he? Mm. And if you actually looked at it. If you took take the four majors and you, you had a piece of paper and said, what are the most unlikely majors that Rory would win? I'd say that the US Open <laughs> was by far the hardest one that he would ever win. Mm. He won that first because congressional that year, it was as soft as Sid and it wasn't that difficult. Well, no, so he yeah, actually yeah. got the hardest major that he could win off, off his back as his first major. The PGA Championship is by far the... 
easiest title that he could win. But you, I think Augusta's made for Rory. Yeah. Um, it's just that the gods have never decreed that that was the way it's going to be. But that doesn't mean he doesn't win this year, does it? No, not at all. For me also, uh, we the original question was McElroy against Dustin Johnson, and it's interesting in the preview. McElroy on the PGA Tour has won six times on uh, bent grass greens. Justin Rose heads the field on seven. These are wins since 2008. And Dustin Johnson's down at four wins. I don't think that bent, um, bent grass, pure bent grass, is DJ's best surface. I think he's far more comfortable with anything that's got Poana within it. Yeah, and we we know that for a fact. So he'll be licking his lips for Beth Page in a in a few weeks' time. Oh yeah, that yeah is perfect. Be right up his street. That again doesn't mean that Dustin Johnson doesn't win, and I know that he's going to be tipped up to. A lot of people will tip him up to clearly give a different view to Rory. And if you actually look at the way that DJ's playing, he's been positive strokes going tee to green across, uh, I think it was the Valspar and the players where he was fifth. I mean, for him to finish fifth at Sawgrass was a great result. Mm. But one thing I noticed, and trends and blah, 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 trends, you know, I, I always dig out a trend that normally brings me down when it comes to betting. But no one has won the World Golf Championship um, the one that they used to play at Doral or the one they played in Mexico and gone on to win the Masters. I mean, that's just... There's no reason for that, but it just hasn't happened so far. But yes, I did take a very close look at DJ, just to be contrary. And um, I just... I just... I, I had to go for Roy then, especially with that par four birdie or better statistic. Yeah, it just ticks every box, doesn't it? You know, we went through, does, the, we went through it statistically in the last session and... Um, you know, you can't fault them in that respect. And then the, the additional analysis that you've done um, just further cements it. I, it's, it's got it's got to be a massive opportunity for him. Just a shame um, about the price. A shame about the price, yes. Big question. We, well, the big question for the podcast is often, Barry, um, have you backed Gary Woodland? Now, we know that you have, <laughs> but that isn't the question I have in my mind. The big question I have in my mind is, have you or will you back the man that is Ricky Fowler? Because you and I are Ricky Fowler truthers. And I have backed him in my preview at uh, 18 to 1 with bet 3658 places each way of 50 odds. Uh, And yeah, I'm I'm so close to it. I really am. (laughs) Are you, and, is, and, and, is your hand on on your mobile just is it is it there? You just it's on that. It's, no, it's trembling. Put, putting in a loan application to really juice the bet. <laughs> uh, the uh, so, so I've noticed I can use one of my uh, boosts on one of my accounts to get me eighteen places. Uh, sorry, eighteen, 18 places. Eighteen places. Yeah, he might need yeah, them. One fifth of the field. Um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So eight, eighteen to one, uh, ten places. So I, I feel like that's a, um, a no-brainer. I thought honest. he was interesting last week. We almost had it off to a tee in last week's pod. He will start mm. fast. He will see what's under the bonnet, and then he'll just slide away over the weekend. That's exactly what he did. And, and he I saw a cheeky little. I know the field was all. I know the field wasn't strong. I'm not suggesting it was. But no. he was sitting second in a PGA Tour event, um, tied second, wasn't he? And 
I don't think he was really trying that hard. I think I think the game's there. No, no, no I think you're right. And it, the cheeky little quote today saying, I'm happy with what I saw last week. I mean, it's almost like a, a race car driver just testing the car's initial acceleration. Boom. You know, nails it to the end of the first straight and goes, oh, this yeah. is grand. And he just cruises around for the rest of the tournament. Yeah. Um, and well, 10 places. Okay, he's what? Top 12 in four of the last five years. Winner this year. Game's in good shape. He's got good... He's got. Look, he has to have really good memories of last year. He almost won the thing, but for Patrick Reed being a lucky SOB and hitting that pin on 17... Um, I think it would have been at least a playoff. So, do you, Ricky's going to be Do you think a bit happy. of wind helps him? Do you think oh, yeah, keeping think so. the handle on that, scoring a little bit, yeah. Yeah, lowering yeah, yeah. the target helps Ricky? He's great yeah, in the I'm wind, gonna, isn't he, as well? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm actually going to cash out every other one of my bets now and just put it all on Ricky after this. <laughs> no, I think I, ha- I have to add him. It's, it's um, after last year... Yeah, I don't know if it's an emotional oh, yeah. thing, I'm an emotional protection bet again. I'm exactly um, like you, Barry. Yeah. I just there's no way I couldn't write the tip. Now, Paul, you 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 disassociate yourself from these kind of feelings that Barry and I have towards Ricky. <laughs> but if you look at if you look at Rose, you look at Woods, you look at Ram, you look at Thomas, you look at Spieth, and you look at Fowler, they're mm. all in the same rough price range. What yeah. what are your views across those six players? Rose, Woods, Rahm, Thomas, Spieth, Fowler. Sadly, or positively, I guess, it's which way you look at it, of those, I would go with Fowler. And I, I think the This the hasn't master, been pre-rehearsed, No, absolutely. I, the Masters, it, the, the trends and the um, the history is so solid with the Masters. And, you know, a lot of what you see um, repeats itself from year to year. And... Again, when we went through the analysis of this, um, the two players that came out and ticked every single box were Rory McIlroy and uh, and Ricky Fowler. Um, he absolutely has the game to win around here. I, I think, for me, the big stumbling block about backing him at 16, 18, whatever the number is, is that you may well be just playing for a place because I suspect yeah. that... You know, I, 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 I've got a very strong feeling that Rory will win this week. Um, and that, I, that's To be fair of... though, Paul, if I've got Ricky and Rory four or five shots clear coming down the stretch on Sunday, oh, you can sit I'll, back I'll be and enjoying yeah. my evening. I'll yeah. be having a couple oh, yeah. of beverages <laughs> and just enjoying the show, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to happen, but if that was to happen, uh, we'd be we'd be uh, WhatsApping each other like mad. Mm. But yes... You've got no interest in Rose or Woods or Ram. No, how, how I, do you, I think Ram's going to be popular this week. Do you think? How do you think the weather affects Ram? I, I th- you know, we've always talked about Ram, and we talked about his um, his approach to playing different styles of uh, or golf that's played in different conditions. And when it's tougher, he tends to struggle mentally. I think when it's easier, he can just get into a rhythm and he can churn out birdie after birdie. And I don't think it's going to be like that. There's going to be variable conditions this week. Um, he could get himself, you know, given the way that it looks like it's going to pan out, soft to begin with, easy on Saturday. He could be in a really strong position going into Sunday. I, I, I don't think that could be disputed. Um, and then if you throw 25, 30 mile an hour winds into the equation, um, you know, three, four holes in, he's made a couple of bogeys, then, you know, then, then we see Angry John. 
an angry John Randall Gosta, it wouldn't be a pretty sight, I don't think. Mm, not at, at, at some point, he will get his head around how to tackle the, all of those conditions and those situations from a from kind of his own mentality perspective, and he'll he's got far away enough talent to win a major championship. Um, I just don't think he's quite there yet. And I think if, if we'd have seen four placid days of, um, you know, relatively soft conditions for Augusta yeah, National, yeah, yeah. then... That's a different... I, yeah, I think... Yeah, I think that's a different beast for him. To me, that would be a different question. And, you know, I, in that case, I think at the price and offer, you'd be hard-pressed to, to find a reason not to back him. But but right now, um, that it, it doesn't interest me, unfortunately. I think that I think that the way it's going to be is going to be quite packed after the first two rounds, and there's going to be players coming from way off the pace with a very low round on the Saturday when it's tranquil, when it's yep. when when sixty fives and sixty sixes are likely to be available mm-hmm. to someone that shoots those kind of scores. It's going to be there to take, and yep. then of course Sunday dawns, and it could be like uh, it's going to be a whole different ball game. Yep. It will create a fascinating dynamic for the uh, for the tournament if the forecast does pan out the way it looks right now. So you, yeah. you would take Fowler of those six, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, I, I think I think Rose is struggling with his bread and butter. Um, Woods, I'm not sure that he, he's got the brute power. I think the conditions will help Woods. I think he'll be a factor. I don't see him winning. I think he wins the Open Championship if he's going to win anything this year. Uh, I've got I've got question marks over Ram in the tougher conditions. I think Justin Thomas's game is struggling. His numbers are fantastic, but actually his numbers over recent outings since he seemed to hurt his wrist hitting that tree at the at the Honda, his game seems to have gone downhill rapidly. Mm. And Jordan could play thirty six great holes and have a nine hole nightmare. It was in, it was interesting to see a bit of positivity about Jordan's game last week. Um, does create another interesting dynamic to the week is a, a Jordan Speed who comes in and starts playing well, particularly if he starts well. Um, yeah, you know everyone would be slapping their forehead saying, you know, should should have seen it coming. He, he showed a little bit of form last week in uh, in Texas, and he's coming to a course they just perennially does extremely well. If I took the full field greens and regulation number for him last week, out of 144 players, he was 118th for greens hit. Yeah. That doesn't, that doesn't work. shout Masters winner to me. It doesn't work around all The week after. No. But then, you know, we've seen in years gone by where he's struggled a bit from off the tee at Augusta and he's just been pinging off the trees and bouncing back in the fairways and, you know, managing to get himself around one way or another. And when that putter's working, and one thing we have seen is that his putter is working far, far, far better than it has been for some other recent years where he's been approaching this. If the conditions are a bit trickier this year with the wind, you know, the the greens, everybody's greens and reg stats are going to be down. Yeah, yeah. That's you know, so that brings them closer to him and it kind of true. increases the relevance of his short game and uh, scrambling. That's very, very true. Where are we in the mid-pack? Now, as I said in my preview, and we discussed this last week, and we, well, even in Podcast 60, the, pro- the winning price here can be very juicy. Anything from 28 to 66 is, is a price that regularly sees the winner here at the Masters. Where are you guys in this juicy mid-pack from Francesco in tw- at 25s? 
right through to the likes of Cantlay and Woodland at 66s and 80s, or 66s and 70s. Where are you guys staking your uh, staking your flags in the ground for the for this on uh, that players in that range, the juicy range that we all like? Well, the, the history. You, you has start, kind of... Paul. You start. Well, you've already said Chauvelin, yeah. Well, is the only, only other one. I've, is the only other, other one that I've backed, and he that may well be where I finish for the week. It may just be Rory and Chauvelin. Um, I think if I if I'm backing someone to win this tournament, I want to. I want someone who's who's got the minerals to actually get the job done. Who can yeah. go? I, you can make a case for a lot of people statistically in this tournament, and um, when push comes to shove on Sunday, are they actually going to be able to get over the line? And one thing we've seen with Xander is the boy knows how to win, and he knows how to win a big tournament, and he's got multiple major championships in his CV in the future. I, I've got, I, I cannot see a scenario where he doesn't win multiple majors. And he was he played seven majors so far, I think, and he's got he was second in the Open, wasn't he, last year? Nah, sixth at the US Open last year, fifth the year before, I think, as well. So he's got some really strong finishes already in his career. Um, and then you add in the likes of the um, HSBC Championship, the HSBC Champions that he won, the WGC, the Tour Championship. These are big events, big events that he's performing at. Second at the Players last year as well, wasn't he? He's... Um, there's just lots and lots to like, and we've, we've again touched on it a number of times. He's the kind of player who just knows how to peak for a big event. He focuses and he just gets himself into the frame of mind where he's going to come and uh, perform on that particular week. Um, I thought I got forty-five to one about him. Um, I thought that was um, very fair in this field, um, and. You know, it was it was too long a price in my view. I think he, he should be shorter than that. Given, what is he still um, OWGR top ten or there or thereabouts? He's not. You know, he's certainly not the tenth player on the betting list. But he's you know, in, in theory, he's, he's around the tenth best player in the world. It's um, it, he's a great DraftKings player. I think he's I think he's a very good filler in terms of a DraftKings player as well. But yeah, yeah. eight for bogey avoidance, fourteenth birdie or better. 25 par 4 birdie or better. He's also got the minerals. 19th going for the green and 20 in the top 30 for distant to apex. So he he has the he has the full package. Yeah. I mean, the things that might put punters off. I mean, he he was 50th here last year on debut. Um, Don't worry about that. No, I don't. I, I don't see it. Was fifty first on his yeah. only appearance before he won? So it's that's meaningless, isn't it? Yeah, he, he was sixteenth after the first the first day. But bear in mind that this time last year, Xander was also using new equipment, so he was getting his head around that. So I, the fact that he made the cut and had a proper good look, got four four rounds of um, competitive action round under under his belt. I think that's positive. Um, people could look at his last couple of events. He, he went out of the group stage at the WGC. Um, he missed the cut of the players, um, so you know he's a very immediate form. Doesn't look that particularly, particularly that strong. But his last competitive round in that match play, he played um, 
Rafa Cabrera Bello. He was five under for that for the round, and Cabrera Bello beat him. So you know, at the end of the day, you know that's that the nature of that particular tournament. You can have a cracking round, and someone just has a very slightly better round, and you you're out of the tournament. So again, I'm I'm not reading too much into it. I mean, for me, I think he loves these tougher tracks. You know, he's like he's likes a tough track. He he can uh, he can compete in that kind of um, environment with the players at the top of the game. I mean, the only reason, statistically, he didn't find his way through to the very final shortlist when we did that piece of analysis in the previous podcast is that his uh, par four birdie of better performance for the season is 24th. Yeah. Now, um, you put that into context, he was 79th for the full season last year. So you can infer in that that he's actually improved massively on, you know, year on year on that particular stand. So, yeah, I. I don't see. I couldn't. I couldn't find any reason not to back him. Um, and as I say, I think that may well be where I finish with my staking this week because I, I I've looked further down the list and I can't find anyone I'm really interested in, which is unusual. I do like to take a couple of uh, longer prices, but there's there's nothing there that's wet my whistle so far. It's all right, Paul. I have those covered. <laughs> You and I are all over a long couple of longer prize. Well, you're I'm on one, and you're on both. You're on both of the ones I'm thinking of. I'm on the rest. I'm on the rest of the field. (laughs) (laughs) It's a safe. It's a safe way to win, guys. Uh, It's it's an interesting strategy. I don't think it pays off long term. But (laughs) my God, the short term feeling of when you have the Masters champion backed on Sunday night, it's Mm. just wonderful. Um, So. Yeah, for, okay, let's move. I, I've kind of skipped that mid-pack and let's kind of get out to that kind of, uh, I suppose, the upper end of that um, pack. They're all thereabouts. Yeah, ish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're in that absolute sweet spot where you could definitely make a case for them being shorter than they are, mm-hmm. um, but they're at a nice price. So I'm on Ca- Patrick Cantley, mm-hmm. um, as uh, you are, Steve. Yep. Um, he, he just ticked all those boxes, you know, distance, uh, going for green, par four, birdie or better. And uh, he's got that kind of, uh, let's say, stoic demeanor that, you know, doesn't kind of uh, scream he's going to get ruffled by tricky conditions. Mm. Uh, oh, yeah, great. he's a bit of, yeah. So for all those reasons, um, yeah, he's on board this week. I don't um, think he'll get paired with yeah. anyone, you know, hugely. His pair, his his threesome at the start will be quite low key as well. I think. I don't think I would he's going to get so. Tiger Woods or any of this kind of rubbish going on. No. He'll just and be able to be, get down to yeah. business. I would also say that there's no way the Augusta Committee are going to pair any of the big names with him because he's got this. Um, I don't know. He's very slow player annoyingly slow to watch yeah. uh, with his constant feet shuffling. I don't think the Augusta committee are going to pair any of the big names with him to, <laughs> they, at, at, the, at the risk of uh, their wrath, you know? They, they might they might buddy him up with JB. Can you imagine that group? Oh, my <laughs> God. Dear, oh, dear. Oh dear. Yeah, and yeah, Kevin yeah. Nahr, just to top it off. <laughs> I'll leave Ke- I like Kevin Nahr. I'm not, I won't have it. Okay, sorry. He, he's he's working on it. Uh, I'm in on Cantley t- as well. I can't. Yeah. I, c- I couldn't resist him. He he's very juicy. I think, and I can yeah. see why because he hasn't got that major that major um, top ten or anything like that. But he's got the game to do that. And I and I put in my preview. I think he's had a seventh, a sixth, and a seventh at the last three WGC Stroke Play events. So he can play at the highest level, and I mm-hmm. think the course mm-hmm. suits him. 
And his scrambling's improved a hell of a lot, which you need to have this week, I think. So, yeah, I'm on Cantley. Yeah. Um, I'm also on Woodland, as we went through at the start of the podcast, for um, mostly emotional reasons at this stage. But, uh, look, I, he's got a game that should go very well uh, at Augusta, even though his record is um, abysmal, really, um, for a guy of his talent. He's got four missed cuts out of six appearances. So... I just hope this year he's been uh, picking the brains of some other guys on tour on how to get him, you know, how to get around Augusta. Mm. Um, I mean, he should he should be great for it. Uh, he also should, you know, and at that, that, that his DraftKings price is quite low as well. So, you know, he he will probably make one or two of my teams, and hopefully that he finally shows up and plays well here. That's a lot of big names we haven't mentioned, isn't it? I mean, we we answered the the Molinari question. There's Paul Casey, who, who I've managed to resist this year, guys. Good job, well There's done. K- I'm well proud done. of you. Thank you. There's Kepka, uh, Jason Day. I mean, who knows what's going to turn up there? Any interest in Day or Matsuama or Bubba Watson from you guys? None at all. No. no. I think if Bubba had shown a little bit more, but he kind of. Again, how much do you read into the match play? I suppose, I suppose it should be one that you kind of just disregard. But he he just sank without a trace there, didn't he? he? Just. But hang on, he did also say before the match play, "I have no idea how I won this last year. I'm never going to win this again." I mean, it was like he was mentally ejecting from it before mm. it even started. So, like, I don't know. I match play is such a messy one to read into. Um. Yeah, I mean, and look, his record is pretty hit and miss here at Augusta, if you look at it. Oh, yeah, you yeah. Know, first, no 50th, first, 37th, 37th, miscut, 5th. Mm. That's, you know, up last year being the most recent one. So none of, uh, Yeah, uh, none of those good performances included any kind of not noticeable wind either. It was all when it was fairly tranquil and calm. Yeah. I, think I, don't, when think, I don't think the conditions play to him. I don't think the conditions play to Matsuama either, to be fair. I don't I think, think he's the greatest yeah. wind player. When when we've seen Bubba do well, he's usually signposted it with a, a, a performance very recently where he's, he's been gone. absolutely smashing greens in regulation. A and brick on the back of the head job, yep. yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's not you know, there, you, is it? No, you, you can take that stat and you can work with it going forwards, but it's not there. Um, and if he does win, then it will be kind of flying in the face of how he tends to operate as a as a golfer. The uh, the other one I the the number I got got to be wary of time. Um, just running through past winners: Watson, stroke uh, previous outing, uh, strokes going tee to green seventh, speed strokes going tee to green first. Um, Danny Willett, strokes going tee to green twelfth and twelfth on his two outings before he won this. Strokes going tee to green Garcia fourth and ninth, Reed thirteenth and second, second and thirteenth. You know. There's no one there with a with a with a high strokes going tee to green number on their previous outing that's gone on and won this recently. Mm. Um, you could even go back to Bubba Watson when he won it the first time round. I think he was something silly like strokes going tee to green second in the outing before he won it. And just following that on, and just look, searching for players over the Florida stretch who had that level of consistency from tee to green, there weren't many. One of them was John Rahm. One of them was Dustin Johnson. But 
I've gone down the route of Ricky Fowler, whether that's emotional or well, I don't know. I, I genuinely think that Ram could struggle in the conditions and DJ, well, he, he could win it by 12 shots, can he? But it's not for me. The one that jumped out at me, who I was on at the players, and he almost uh, won for me. He didn't actually eject like most of my uh, guys do, like Johnny Vegas did this week. He's gone into my absolute uh, bucket of never back again after uh, last night. <laughs> it's Tommy Fleetwood. And if you actually look at Tommy's numbers, I don't think that Augusta's that bad a fit for him, especially if it's going to be a bit iffy on the weather. Yeah. Top 20 bogey avoidance. Uh, par 4, or better, yes, yeah, 61st. But actually, if you look at his number from last year, he was 7th on the par 4s. 13th going for the green, 49th distance to apex. Um, he was in the top 6 going into the final round last year. Um, he's always got a low round in him. So he could be the sort that on that Saturday fires in that 65, 66 and just hurdles up the leaderboard. Um I just thought in that mid-range where you're, if you're looking for players that have been playing some superb stuff from tee to green across the Florida stretch on some very tough golf courses, I thought Fleetwood was a reasonable price at 30 to 1. Yeah. Um, second for tee to green he was at Bay Hill, where he finished third. And he was also uh, fifth for strokes going tee to green at the players where he finished in the end fifth behind McElroy. And, you know, he's he's at that 28, 30 to 1 price point where potentially winners are lurking. So, rather than picking Matt Kuchar, who I don't think has got the raw materials to win here, even though I'm sure he will place, um, I thought, well, I'd go for Fleetwood on that basis, that he actually has got the game that could theoretically win it. So, uh, that's, that's the way I plump with it. I, I plump for Tommy. I think yeah. Kuchar is going to go really well. I just can't see a reason that he won't do. And on right. DraftKings, I reckon that Kuchar is going to be the most owned player of the week. Yeah, he's, he's low enough and he's decent yeah. enough, Nick. He's yeah. he's been steadily backed in, hasn't he, all, all day yeah. today, and I suspect that will carry on. He, yeah. he will be put up by a number of the tipsters online or in the papers, I'm sure. So, so yes, he's going to be a prohibitively short price, I guess, given his... You know, given his relative stature in in, in world golf, but um, you know, perhaps this new ruthless streak we're seeing about Kucho and uh, other walks of his life will be uh, something that gets him uh, gets him over the line in the major. I think, I think a positive. I think a positive for Fleetwood is that in the main, when he does get in contention in a big tournament, and he's been in contention in many big tournaments, he doesn't disappear completely. Mm. He doesn't shoot four over on a soft golf course that he should be absolutely tearing apart like Johnny Vegas did last night. He actually hangs around, so I I, th- I saw that as a plus point with um, with Fleetwood. So yeah, yeah McElroy for me, Fowler, Fleetwood, and Patrick Cantley. Those are my four that I've backed. Steve will be singing off a very similar hymn sheet come Sunday evening, and hopefully be uh, toasting champagne across uh, WhatsApp video calls or <laughs> something like that. I'm 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 pretty much convinced on adding Ricky. Yeah, for 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 better or for worse, if if 
I don't think you forgive yourself, Barry, if you didn't. Well, back if you him could, if you to, can boost him up to twenty to one with ten places each way, I think that's a, I think that's a good bet. Or did you say eighteen? Was it? 18? I've managed. Yeah, I've ma- I had three boosts saved up actually. You know, so I think I'm just gonna. I don't think you can use big. Yeah, I'll just add them one at a time. I'm thinking of going big on him. Even if he gets a top ten, I'll make a profit yeah. out of it. So that's the that's the logic behind yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, also, trying to you know win enough money to. Get some new golf sticks for the the season, you know. So, but are uh, we of the yeah. opinion uh, if if there will be listeners out there before we, you know, before we disappear and go and do our things, who will be shouting? Please mention someone at a big price who you think's got a big chance to at least place. Oh, now okay. Paul's over, already, over Paul's already said he's struggling to find players at big prices that he likes. Over a hundred to one. Yeah, why not? Is there okay. anyone out there? There's one player I thought, Paul, that you might be interested in, that I thought were looking at his numbers and just the way that he plays. I know he's a debutant, but I just thought that 150 to 1 about someone like Matt Wallace wasn't the worst price in the world. No, and he's he's been out there practising with Faldo. He's had a good look at the course. Um, I think he's got the right kind of mentality. I just, I think you've, you know, unless you're that truly elite player, I think you you need to have some practical experience of not just the course, but the event itself and, you know, all the nuances that come with it and the, 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 whole, the whole, the whole package, the whole, the whole week that's there. And, um, yeah, I, 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 I wish him well and I really do hope that he, uh, uh, he gets a he gets a good four days under his belt, but I I can't be backing him. I'm just I'm just looking at the top debutant market because there's so many debutants this mm. year. I mean, he is favourite. Yeah. Oh, listen, he's, he's level with Pepperell. Yeah. There's again, you know, Eddie. He's starting to find his feet in some of these bigger events, isn't he? You know, he's the kind of player who could sneak into a place. Is Eddie long enough though? Well, this is the challenge, isn't it? And, and it's a big course for him. And he said on the No Lane Up podcast the other week that he can't he can't draw his driver. He has to go yeah. freewood to get any kind of shape on his driver, which I just yeah, instantly that's... thought, well, 13, he's going to yeah. struggle. Yeah. yeah. Big trouble. Big trouble. Mm. Um, the fifth being lengthened as well. You need a bit of a... Oh, I don't know. That's, that speaks, that, that's uh, not a great recipe for me. There's a couple there that you can get at 125 to 1. Close. We spoke about him earlier. Charles Howell, tons of experience, playing well. And, uh, you know, there's a great chance of getting him. Where can you get him? 125, eight places. I'm sure you could somehow sneak him 10 places somewhere. He's 100 to 1, 10 places if you want to go that way. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then, and I also, How Tong Lee, get him 125 to 1, eight places or 100 to 1, 10 places. I think he's got a very good game. Yeah. And uh he's got that Dubai I, I, Desert Classic link, hasn't he? Going yes. And and I could see I could see him in a top ten without shocking me in the slightest. Mm. Winning now is a bit of a stretch, but if you just want a bit Did of a have a year here where he got into kind of some kind of contention at some point. Is that he only played how, how um, tongue? He only played last year thirty yeah. second. Second. But yeah, it's interesting. It's not bad for a debut. No, no, very good around here for a debut. And if if Lucas Beargard plays anything like the way he played um, 
at the match play, he has got a good game. It's got a good fit for Augusta National. He can hit the ball a long way. And he's playing, mm. he playing with a lot of confidence in the match play. Um, but again, it's his first look. And I don't know. I just, I should, with such an elite field, I think the number of players that you'd be able to pick up who are going to be in that kind of hundreds one bracket or longer who actually managed to sneak into the top eight or the top ten or whatever each way terms you're taking I think you, you'll do extremely well to find that one or two players that uh, there's one or two oh, yeah. players that difficult that, uh, on how to he started with a 69 last year fourth in the field so he was tied fourth after round one mm. and then just uh, 76 72 72 so could, yeah could be a cheeky I don't mind cheeky that first I don't round leader bet there yeah He's been there or thereabouts, hasn't he, Lee? He's playing, playing some good stuff, yeah. He's I'd probably take him over someone like Rafa Cabrera Barrow, who we know doesn't have the minerals half the time when it when push comes to shove. Yeah, interesting. I think that's about it then, chaps. Anything you want to add, Paul, before we disappear? Uh, no, only that we'll do our DraftKings show tomorrow so that'll be another interesting that'll be a slightly different look at this because you can start to bring some of these other players in who you don't expect to actually win the tournament but who are going to represent some good value in the, yep. in that particular format of the game um, and then the uh, alternatives and first round leader bets which will be out either late Tuesday or early Wednesday um, and uh, I always like that there's, there's some interesting angles to play with that um, make the cut accumulator is always a, an interesting one to, to play for, um, yeah, yeah. it's such first, a short field first round leader always has a few a few little sweet spots it does it? yeah yeah, a couple of group and, numbers that, always, that more often than not actually re- produce something yeah, and the forecast right now looks pretty flat for the entire day, so um, it will be yeah, interesting it, but it to does, see. But it does look very, very cold early on, so that might yeah. be something to build into yeah, it. Yeah, there's different factors, and it, it looks it looks relatively breezy all day, but relatively flat. But yeah, as you say, there's a couple of there's a sweet spot in the morning, there's a sweet spot in the afternoon in terms of tea times historically. Um, so it'd be fascinating to see where everyone sits once the tea times. And come it out isn't always elite players either. No. No, 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 no. I think one one thing before we go as well, Bet365, our majors competition, that's uh, that's clearly going to close uh, with the first tee-off on Thursday. So, I, again, we'll put a link through to the rules around mm. how you can enter on the uh, majors competition. And um, we've got a load of DraftKings activity this week as well. Paul's set up loads of different tournaments. So, again, there's links through to our DraftKings, uh, our DraftKings groups for you guys out there that do like some uh, some fantasy action. So uh, so we've got DraftKings Leagues uh, and we've also got the Majors competition. Four different players for the four Majors this year. Uh, it's 250 prize pot, isn't it, Cash? Mm. Yeah, yeah, 150, 75 and 25 to the third place right. player. Barry, thank you very, very much for your time this afternoon. Cheers, guys. It's, uh, it's been much appreciated as ever. Yeah, best of luck, chaps. Are you are you going to appear next week, Barry, for your favourite RBC Heritage, or? Well, yeah, are you we're going to spend the... your head in the sand and not get involved with that one. We're going to spend the first half of that show having a bit of a Ricky Fowler love in after uh, <laughs> and talk about how great he looked yeah. in a green jacket. 
You'll be doing that. Paul will be waxing lyrically about Jim Furyk and how the course suits him down to the ground. Yeah. And we'll all be saying how uh, we need to be on Siwoo Kim and he'll miss the cut. Yeah, yeah. Even if he's 500 to... Yeah. That's it. We, we've, we've cracked next week's podcast before we've even got there. Yeah, exactly. Interesting indeed. Yeah, Furyk will be annoyed he missed out this week by just, what, one mm. spot, I think it was. Well, it was, one, it was one result at the world match play, wasn't it? Yeah, it was close. Whoops. Yeah. Anyway, on to, on to more important things. Uh, I'm sure everybody has a massive week of Masters TV planned and old, watching old shows, and uh, I know that's where I'm going to be. Uh, so, you know, top tip for the week is make sure your drinks and your snacks are easily within reach <laughs> of the couch, so you don't have to move very much. I've never and really get organised it yet, where I, I can uh, be somewhere without the wife and child. A hotel. <laughs> yeah, I know. Maybe and, I should do that, and, and then and and just just get a nice curry delivered in with a few beverages. I can see that. Yeah. Right. Thank you, Barry. Thank you, Paul. We've got another busy day tomorrow. Uh, the uh, the podcast, uh, the fantasy or the DraftKings podcast will be out tomorrow with Paul. Right. Thank you for listening, and uh, please enjoy your 2019 Masters. Goodbye. Thank you. <laughs>